Welcome to Word on the Way, Church of the Cross's daily reading podcast. COTC is an Anglican church in and for Northeast Dawson, rooted in Scripture, guided by ancient practices, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The next few minutes will feature a reading of Scripture appointed for today, a short reflection on it from a member of our community, and prayer informed by the passage. Our hope is that in these moments you will encounter Jesus, the Living Word. This is Nick Comiskey from Church of the Cross, and our reading today is from Isaiah 45. I will read the first three verses and the final three verses. Let's begin. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue the nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you hidden treasures, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity, a word that will not be revoked. Before me, every knee will bow. By me, every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are deliverance and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But all the descendants of Israel will find deliverance in the Lord and will make their boast in him. The word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Isaiah 45 recounts the strange events in which God uses the Gentile King Cyrus of Persia to deliver the people of Israel from exile. Throughout the chapter, Isaiah reflects upon the mystery of God's ways to humankind. Verse 7, I form light and darkness, says the Lord. I bring prosperity and I create disaster. The juxtaposition of weal and woe, of deliverance and destruction, all wrought by the hand of God, climaxes in an acclamation in verse 15. I'll quote the King James Version for dramatic effect. Verily, Isaiah says, Thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel the Savior. God's hiddenness. That's what I want to reflect upon on this first Wednesday of Advent. What do the scriptures mean when they say that God hides himself? And why do the scriptures say God does so? Well, it's not simply that God is invisible. Anyone who closes their eyes to try and pray realizes very quickly that God cannot be seen. No, What the Bible means is far deeper. Hiddenness is not a divine attribute like God's goodness or God's justice. Hiddenness is not an adjective. Hiding is an activity of God. Hiding is a verb whose subject is God. God hides himself. But why? Why would God hide? Well, God hides so as not to be found where people think they can find him. 
God hides so that God can reveal himself in the most surprising of places. Now, this all of it sounds very abstract, right? But divine hiddenness, God's hiding, it's, it's really just a theological label for an irreducible feature of our everyday lives. Our experiences of struggle and stress, our feelings of anger, apathy, and loneliness, there, right there, is the hiddenness of God. My temptation is to try and get God off the hook. Well, suffering must be my fault. Disappointment must somehow reflect poorly upon me. All good things come from the Lord, I say. All bad things, they must come from free will or fate or maybe karma. But this will not do. Theology doesn't actually solve people's problems. Only Jesus, the gift of God's beloved, can do that. Enter Advent. The invitation in this four-week journey to the Nativity is to experience anew our Lord's inconspicuous incarnation. For hundreds and hundreds of years, God hid himself in the promises of the prophets. For hundreds and hundreds more, God hid himself in their silence. And finally, in the fullness of time, with the full force of empire breathing down their necks, God came once and for all to rescue his people. How? A baby. A baby? A baby. God hid himself in teenage pregnancy, in soiled diapers, in a manger. But for those whose eyes were graced with sight, for the shepherds, for Anna and Simeon, and most of all, for Mary, God was hidden in plain sight. These heroes of our faith recognized However dimly, that when they wiped the drool from that baby's chin, they were somehow touching the face of God. The Lord hides himself. Our experience of the world is too complicated and too tragic for it to be otherwise. But we know where God is to be found. He's in the stable He's upon the cross. He's in the waters of baptism. He's around the table. I am the Lord, and there is no other, Isaiah 45 says. And I have not spoken in secret. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. 19th century Jesuit priest Gerald Manley Hopkins wrote a poem in response to the verse from Isaiah we're reflecting upon today. Here's how it opens. God, though to thee our psalm we raise, no answering voice comes from the skies. To thee the trembling sinner prays, but no forgiving voice replies. Our prayer seems lost in desert ways. Our hymn in the vast silence dies. 
But the poem turns and ends on a note of faith. Speak, whisper to my watching heart one word. As when a mother speaks soft, when she sees her infant start, till dimpled joy steals o'er its cheeks, then to behold thee as thou art, all wait till morn eternal breaks. Friends, may you hear God speak in a whisper to your watching heart in these early days of Advent. And may God's beloved, the Christ child, be your eternal break of dawn. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for the invitation of this season. Draw near to us. Whisper to our watching hearts one word. And help us find in your Son the gift of your fullness. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. Check out cotcaustin.org to learn more about our community or to connect with us further. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.